Please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 66. Psalm 66, there are a number of different topics in this psalm, and I'm going to do my best to get through them in a timely manner. Please follow along with me as I read Psalm 66. Make a joyful noise unto unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works! Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. O bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laidst affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. But thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. Selah. Come and hear, all ye that fear God. And I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Starting off in verses 1 and 2. We talk often in this church that the Lord does not care about whether we carry a perfect tune or pitch, but rather, are we making a joyful noise to Him? Do we desire to make the Lord's praise glorious and sing forth the honor of His name? If we do, then we need to do it cheerfully and not begrudgingly. The Lord is asking for something simple from us. It does not take animal sacrifice or what was required in the Old Testament, but it is coming into His house cheerfully. Let us complete all acts of worship with cheerfulness, for anything else is blasphemy. Verses 3 and 4 is something very contrary in our day and age, when nobody likes to think of a God being terribly, terrible, or awesome. We want to bring everybody down to our level, which is a powerless nothing. However, the Lord wants to be known for His powerful acts. He wants all creation to cheerfully worship Him, and to sing to His name, remembering all these acts. He wants it to be known that it was Him and Him alone that will force His enemies to submit themselves. There is a sila at the end of verse 4. We need to stop and consider. We should consider that the earth will be brought to worship and sing unto the Lord. But we should be doing it now, cheerfully, before He forces us to. 
Verse 5 continues on about the Lord's terrible works that He does among the children of men. What terrible works are your favorite from the Old Testament? Is it the Lord destroying 185,000 soldiers in one night? Is it the Lord stopping the sun for Joshua so he could defeat his enemies? Is it the Lord drowning the entire earth to save eight men alive? What acts do you want to think about that will give praise to his name even though they could be considered terrible? They are terribly awesome and we have a great God to worship. Keeping a proper view of the Lord will allow us to worship Him and praise Him cheerfully the way that He desires. Verse 6 refers to the crossing of the Red Sea, which is one of the biggest events in the history of the children of Israel. We know from the context of verse 7 that this is not crossing over Jordan. Because verse 7 speaks to His power forever, that He beholds nations and mentions a warning of not letting the rebellious exalt themselves. We read that over 500 years later in 1 Samuel 4 that people were still talking about what the Lord did to the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. And few men exalted himself like Pharaoh who said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him? The Lord also exalted this Pharaoh for the one and sole purpose for the Lord to get himself a name through the power he would show by crushing Pharaoh to the ground. There is another Selah at the end of verse 7. We should stop and consider. The Lord in His power has crushed rebellious man from Pharaoh to Nebuchadnezzar to Snacherib to Belshazzar to just name a few. Do we exalt ourselves? Do we think that we are self-made men or women? I hope not because the Lord will destroy us. Do we think we deserve anything more than eternal torment? Do we think there's something good in and of ourselves? Lord, forgive us. Let us take heed before He has to humble us the same way He did to these men. Verses 8 and 9 give us detail on how we are to bless and praise God. We are to do it so that it can be heard. If you love the Lord but don't speak out loud to praise His name, your praise is not adequate. To bless the Lord, you need to make His praise to be heard. This psalm has already mentioned some things that you can praise the Lord for, but verse 9 mentions two more things that we can mention. He maintains and preserves our life as well as keeps our feet on solid ground. Both of these items are things that we cannot do ourselves. If we try, we will fail. He alone can do this for us. The Lord our God is a jealous God. He loves to hear His children admitting that they are helpless for it allows Him to get all the praise and glory. Verses 10 through 12 talk of some of the trials that the Lord put the children of Israel through And we can take it to some of the trials He may put us through in our lives. But if we keep a right attitude, they are simply trying and proving us. We should be thankful for that as a sign that we are children of His. And we should also be thankful that the trials we go through are not near as bad as we deserve. If we were treated the way that we treat the Lord sometimes, we would put other people through much worse trials than we go through. But we should also keep in mind the end of verse 12. Yes, right. But thou brought us out into a wealthy place. Amen. We can take one sense that we're all gonna, we're gonna end up in heaven with the Lord forever. So whatever trials happen on this earth, we should be okay with because it's gonna, the Lord has promised us a wealthy place. Yes. But He gives us a wealthy place on this earth. Yes. And we are either in it right now or have experienced our own wealthy place. Right. Though by the Lord's mercy, Keeping this end result in mind will, will help us make it through trials and proving grounds yes. faster and hopefully without getting discouraged or sinning. 
Moving on to verses 13 and 14, is one of the many places in the Bible that refer to the Lord's people making vows when they are in trouble and then paying those vows in the house of the Lord. This is yet another act of worship that we can participate in if done correctly and according to Scripture. We know from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, that we need to be sure that if we make a vow, we should pay that vow or the Lord will consider us fools. However, this should not scare us from making the vow. For the Lord looks kindly on those who put their trust in Him, knowing that we are helpless and we need and we need His help. Yes. The Lord will hear and honor such vows that you make in a time of trouble, but you had better make sure you hold up your end of the bargain. Right. Some might think that verse 15 doesn't apply to us. And I agree that offering burnt offerings and incense is blasphemy since the Lord has shown us a new and better way in the New Testament. You can still bring the sacrifice of praise, as is mentioned in Hebrews 13, 15, by giving continual thanks for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah God has exalted His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so sincere and joyful praise for His most precious gift will do more than any fatling, ram, bullock, or goat could ever do. Verses 16 and 17 is something we as a church do well at. But do we do it enough? Do we declare and extol the Lord as much as we should? Right. We can all do better and we should all strive to do better. Yes. When was the last time you called, emailed, or texted a brother or sister in this church simply to tell them what the Lord has done for your soul? Are you excited to call them and to share an answer to a prayer request, or do you only text people when you need a prayer answered? Right. Is the only time you open your mouth to praise the Lord when you walk into His assemblies? Or is there a opportunity for you to continually praise Him and to tell your brothers and sisters, come and see what the Lord has done for us recently? Verse 18 contains a very important condition that applies to not only the things in this psalm, but in all the promises throughout the Bible. We cannot let iniquity of any sort be allowed to find a lodging place in our heart. Not only will the Lord not hear our praise, thanksgiving, or think anything of our joyfulness, but he will not hear our prayers either. Proverbs 28, 9 says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. And then Proverbs 15, 8 says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. These verses point out the importance of having a clean slate before God, and that is accomplished very easily through the sacrifice of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Some simple self-examination and confession of sins will allow us to have a clean slate so our prayers, thanksgiving, and other is is heard before the Lord. The Lord has made it easy for us to repair a relationship with Him. So there is no reason that we should ever pollute His altar like we just studied in Malachi by bringing less than our best and offering the Lord a spotted or lame sacrifice. Verse 18 did not end with a period, so verse 19 continues the thought of the Lord hearing us. The psalmist had faith that even though he had sinned, the Lord still hurt him because he did not have iniquity in his heart. I believe there may be some in here that are like me who have a hard time in our weak faith believing that a a quick, sincere prayer can make our relationship with the Lord right again. But we are wrong. The Lord will hear us if we confess our sins, for he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, as is said in 1 John 1, 9. So believe with confidence that verily or truly God will hear you and that he will continue to hear you and attend to the voice of your prayers. 
Finally, we come to verse 20. Blessed be God. Amen. Do you need anything else with this verse? Or do we have enough here to praise and bless God for the rest of our lives? But it doesn't end. Which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Daily, the Lord blesses us. He gives us mercy and does not turn away from us. Every day he showers us with blessings, and we should desire to give him the sacrifice of praise for all he does. There are a lot of topics to consider in this psalm. I hope that with the Lord's mercy, we will think of his terrible works more often. That we will remember that our trials in life are to refine us, and that he eventually will lead us into a wealthy place. That we will offer the Lord acceptable sacrifices of praise with joyfulness. That we can remember that regarding iniquity in our hearts, make everything else we do towards the Lord a mute point. And that we should have the confidence that the Lord will hear us when we call upon Him. Amen. Amen. Amen.